Welcome to the Disciple Making Leader Podcast, your resource for exploring the world of disciple making and leadership within the church. Discover Jesus' strategy for raising up leaders, growing the church, and multiplying a movement. Let's jump into today's episode and explore the power of a disciple making leader. All right. Well, welcome to the Disciple Making Leaders podcast. And my name is Glenn Underhill. I am the executive director of Disciple First Ministries. We are a ministry really that exists to help equip and empower ministry leaders to make and multiply disciples like Jesus. And I am so excited about this because this is a question uh, that we talk a lot about this whole idea of of a disciple-making leader. Uh, I have here with me uh, our president, uh, Craig Etheridge. So, Craig, you might want to pop up real quick. Hey. <laughs> oh, it's so good to hear you. Brother, it's great to hang out with you. Man, and, and we get to hang out all the time, so this is fun. We're we're hanging out, we're chilling in the podcast. Yep. Man, I'm, I mean, you, you got the headphones on. You, you're looking so professional. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You, you, you as well. Kudos <laughs> to you. Brother. So I, I, I can't say enough how much uh, I, the honor I feel being just around you. Oh yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we're having a good time though, and and, and what a great topic. You yeah, know? I mean, right. we're, we're, this is stuff we eat, sleep, and breathe all the time. We talk about it all the time. We sure do. And you know this this whole idea came out of this idea uh, came from. A lot of conversations that we've been having with yep. pastors across the country as we've yep. been training and we've been coaching and and resourcing is its idea of, hey, this is all great, but the fact is I still need more leaders. Right. Right. And always. we are always saying, well, hey, you're right. But the problem is, it's not that you need more leaders, you need the right kinds yeah. of leaders. And so that really prompted you to start writing, and you wrote a book recently called The Disciple-Making Leader. Yes. And yeah. so a lot of what we're going to be talking about is in comes from that content in the book, mm-hmm. but I think really kind of really fleshing it out. And I know you're a practitioner in the church. I'm a practitioner in the church and just really trying to help understand what we're doing. So in this first podcast, really, we want to talk about uh, what is a disciple making leader and, and how does this kind of leader really make all the difference in the church? And so let's let's just dive in, man. Yeah, right? let's do it. Yeah, let's get let's, to let's the go point. down the rabbit hole let's Go right down and, <laughs> and dump, jump right into it. Absolutely. You know, one of the things you talk about. A lot about is this idea that the church in North America has unfortunately bought into this idea of the superstar yeah. leader. Yeah. And I'd love to talk about that for just a minute because I think it's really important. So let's talk about this this superstar leader and kind of the dark side to that. And and what's what's the shift? What do we got to do? Because the truth is, everything does rise and fall on leadership in the local church, as well as in lots of different places. But right. what do we do? Why? How do we get there? I mean, because we we see it a lot. Yeah, we do. You know, it, it, our culture is fascinated with celebrity. Isn't that? True, in just about every area, right? Absolutely, yep. It's all about the celebrity, whether it's the entertainment industry, whether it's sports, whether it's politics, whatever, we're, we're infatuated, we're, we gravitate to the celebrity leader, the charismatic leader, the talented person. They, they are the shiny object that everybody is, is 
moved toward and fo- focused on. And and the same thing is happening in the church. You know, the church is really bought into this very same thing. I think this is really where the culture is invading the church, more than the church invading the culture. And, and so we are fixated then on the celebrity pastor, the celebrity worship pastor, the celebrity youth guy, or whatever the case may be, um, this superstar. The superstar is is the charismatic person. They're the talented person. They are they're great at drawing a crowd. They are winsome and charismatic in in many ways, and, and super talented in many ways. But but there's a dark side to that. Yes, absolutely. And, and you and I have seen it. Yep. And uh, and I think there are a lot of reasons because a lot of people say, well, Craig, what's wrong? What's wrong with having a you know a dynamic preacher, right, or a great worship pastor?" There's, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that that if you're talented, you're doing something wrong. Right. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that if your ministry is built on these superstars, uh, then these superstars can rise your uh, your level of ministry, or raise your level of ministry, right, to a certain degree. But when the superstar leaves, then you're right back down to where you were before, right? Because right. you're looking for another superstar. There are only a few superstars out there, right? I mean, like in any sport, we were just talking about baseball, yep. right, yep. the other day. Because it's it's, uh, it's it's opening day. day. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> Go Cubs. And so, uh, yeah, that's right. That's so it's opening thinking, day. But... You know, and you think about how many people are down the farm leagues, right, that are very capable, but they never, they never hit the superstar status, even though they're very, very good at at their at their game um you could you could say that about just about anything and so when the superstar is there man everything's great everything's wonderful then the superstar leaves and all of a sudden you got this big down again oh no we got it we got to find us another superstar so you end up hopping from superstar to superstar to even keep your ministry going once you go down that road it's hard to sustain that long term Right, right, because they're not bring, they're not raising up people around them. No, no, that's and the big why, problem. Why is that? Yeah, because they're because they're just they're focused on their own talent. I've literally had people say, "Nobody can do what I do. Nobody has the magic dust that I have." Or just the opposite sometimes happens is there's no way I can be like that person. Yeah, that's on the other side of it, right? right? Yeah, so yeah, I, can, I can't be like them. I mean, they're they're super great at that. They're super talented. And so whatever the case may be, you're dependent only on this one person. They're what I call in the book, the genius with a thousand helpers. That comes from Jim Collins' book, mm-hmm. Good and Great. Um, but that happens in the church. And so you've got the, you're, you're now hopping from superstar to superstar. And uh, if you sell your soul to that as a church leader, then then you're never raising up people around you. You're just always waiting for the next one. So you're getting on churchstaffing.com and you're getting on one and you're trying to find the superstar that left one team to jump on your team. Right. Right. And you're not growing your own leaders. So long term, it really hurts you. I mean, you've seen this in your own ministry. Yes, absolutely. And I, how do you see that playing out? Well, you know, I mean, you, you you do you you know you have an opening or there's uh, you know something that comes up you're you're going right to these you know sometimes to these headhunters and organizations and yep. or looking at from friends and things that you have down the you know that you've had and trying to bring in you know something that's newer or fresher but is very appealing right sure um and rather than just being focused on hey if if we're really cultivating a, an intentional disciple making culture 
and really having a pipeline for moving people through that pathway and then ultimately up a pipeline, right. we should be really bringing them from within because they carry the DNA. Yes. Uh, and uh, I've, I've seen out of my own experience, the, what happens is oftentimes you make a hire that's a superstar and they don't carry the DNA. Everybody likes them, but ultimately you, you can impact the DNA in, in a very negative way. And, uh, and, and then you start having, you know, some portions of your ministry are going in the right directions and some, and the other ones that are led by your superstars are going in a totally different direction than where you're ultimately wanting to go as a church. And I've, I've seen it time and time again, and especially with churches that I'm, that I'm coaching and consulting with is this, this dynamic, it, it, it happens a lot. And you know, the, the superstar, not only is it difficult that, cause they may bounce, and usually they do. They they'll stay for a little while, then they're going to bounce on to the next thing. Uh, but many times, because they're not developing leaders, because they don't think anybody can do what they do, um, they tend to kind of become a kingdom to themselves. You know, they're 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 feeding their own thing. They're not really thinking about the whole team, and can very easily twist off and 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 can even uh, turn a, turn against the leadership. Right. Uh, of the church because they're just mostly focused on their department or their thing or their personality or their following and not necessarily the health of the whole church as a whole. Right. <clears throat> and I think that can be very dangerous as well. Yeah, because we, we start thinking about just my particular area, not not the the mission as a whole. Right, right. And and you, people see a superstar and they go, well, I can never get to that. So we don't almost suppresses people from joining up and being a part. Whereas the other kind of leader is going to aggregate more people around them. So I guess my point is that we're so given to celebrity and trying to land these superstars. We're not really raising up the cadre of leaders and filling the pipeline that you're talking about from within, from within. And so, and so we're, we're, our churches are not being very effective in raising up the next generation leaders. And isn't it interesting when you look at the life of Jesus and let's go back to Jesus, cause this yeah. is where it all, I mean, Jesus did not call superstars in a sense to follow. I mean, they, they were just ordinary. Yeah everyday average fishermen and <laughs> zealots, I guess, and, 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 and others that he called to himself. But there wasn't a superstar that I can think of on that team. No, you're exactly right. In fact, you know, we, we, we go to some churches and they have these massive icons of the apostles, right? Right. I think they would be blown away if they actually saw that because these guys were actually passed over. Uh, you know that <clears throat> from the preschool they would they would learn the basics of the Torah. Then, if they really had you know intellectual acumen or academic prowess, they could move to the next level. But but if you were around fifteen or so, and uh, you only a handful would be selected to follow a rabbi. Everybody else goes back to work at their dad's job. Yep. And G- we know that Jesus went and picked these guys up 
that were working in their father's business. Yeah. Not a single one of them was a train being trained to be a rabbi. Every one of these guys have been passed over. You think about that. You know, he wasn't picking the the pick of the litter here. Right. He was choosing the the leftovers. He were the passed over ones uh, to be his disciples. And I think, you know, when you fixate on the superstar, man, you're missing out on all these great leaders yeah. that have tremendous potential. Yeah. Yeah, I, and that's that's why I always like to go back to Jesus and say, what was Jesus really mm-hmm. doing? What, how did he approach it? What was he doing? And and you do not see that in Jesus's model at all. Picking superstars, he just was going after people who really uh, had a who really were available and faithful and teachable and responsive, and and then he began to raise them up, and then because they were spirit empowered. The Spirit did it in them and through them, mm-hmm. uh, and it changed the world. So let, let's talk a little bit. Let's even take a little bit this a little bit further. So we know that there's a real danger in this superstar mentality and even going after the superstar. So if you were to define a disciple-making leader, what is what is a really good definition of a disciple-making leader? Yeah, that, well, that's very important. So here it is. A disciple-making leader is one who leads out of the overflow of his walk with Christ and intentionally invests in others to produce genuine disciples and ministry leaders who will multiply the movement. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's kind of a pregnant statement. There's a lot of pieces to it. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, there's some very key pieces in it. Very key pieces. For example, he leads out of the overflow. You know, this, this, this disciple making leader is walking with God personally and leads out of the overflow of their own dynamic growing walk with God. Mm. And you would think, Glenn, you'd think that that's every pastor, right? Right. But, but you and I, or every, every minister, but it's not. It's not. And why, why do you think that, why do you think that's the case? Well, I, I think in some, some sense, it's, um, the tyranny of the urgent, right? Yeah. I mean, I've got a lot of activity. I've got a lot of religious activity going on. I've got sermons to write. I've got ser- funerals to prepare or weddings to do or counseling appointments. Or I've got Wednesday night Bible studies. I, I've got all these different things going on. And and even our lay people feel the same. And we, we have all these pressures pushing in our family obligations. And, and so sometimes out of just out of the just the reality of life, because it's not an, it's not a, 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 a pattern or a habit in our life, we, we neglect the very thing that we need the most. I was just thinking about Jesus, you know, when he was those last few hours of his life, he comes back and he reminds these guys that he's getting ready to launch as the leaders of the movement to say, apart from me, yeah. you can do nothing. Wow, that word so remain in yes. me, mm. right? Let me bring you back to the quintessential piece is starts with remaining in me, abiding in me, whatever translation you might be using. But that, that's just, it's so key. And I, I know in my own life, um, I, I was, I was always told to read the Bible. I was always told to pray. I was told to do a lot of things and I, I tried, but I failed at it miserably. Mm. And it wasn't until someone came along in my life and just then began to say, let me, let me, let me show you how yes. to do that. And that really took um, my spiritual growth and development to a whole nother level um, because then I began to learn how to develop habits, practices, and principles in my life that ultimately was a game changer for me. Yeah. In fact, I was just uh, sitting in a 
um, ordination examination last night with this new candidate, guys going in ministry. And we talked a lot about the, the vital importance of being in God's word, not for another Bible study, not for leadership training, not for a sermon, but just for yourself to feed on the word of God and to walk intimately and to know Jesus deeply, personally, and intimately. This is the core of ministry. Mm -hmm. And many times I can get really good at, at singing or producing or, or leading or speaking or whatever the case may be. How many times do you and I know we could call names of guys that on the platform are stellar, but in the in the prayer closet, you know, in their quiet moments, they're eroding mm. on the inside. Yeah. And so what we're saying is a disciple-making leader, first and foremost, is someone who is a disciple who's walking deeply with Jesus, drinking from the well of Jesus, uh, abiding in Jesus on a regular basis. And out of the overflow of that now, he's going to do the next thing, which is to intentionally invest in others. Mm-hmm to produce disciples and leaders. So now this person is very focused on other people. All right. They're developing, they're investing. And when I say investing, I'm not just talking about volunteer appreciation. Right. 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 I mean, that right. that's important, but that's not what I'm talking about. No. Yeah. Or, or even investing. And again, do we need to be investing in leadership development? Absolutely. Because the latter part of Jesus's, the last six months of his ministry was focused on leadership development, right. not so much on the right. disciple-making piece, but on the development piece of right. their leadership. But I think, yes, absolutely, investing our life uh, in, in a few. I mean, oftentimes we talk about Paul and his teaching and Jesus and his teaching, but if you really look deep into their life, what you see are two men that were focused on investing their life in a handful of people who then would go on and reproduce that in others and then those in others and then others and others and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. You know, I was, I was saying uh, just recently when you and I were talking about the apostle Paul, you know, in his last letter, in his last moments of his last letter, he's listing off yep. 21 names of yep. his guys. Yeah. These are the ones that are going to carry on. He knows he's going to die. That's right. And he's at peace. He said, I've run my race. I've kept the faith yep. uh, because he knows that those he discipled are going to carry on the work. And I wonder if, if those listening, you know, to this podcast, if your ministry was done today, mm. would your influence continue right. through the lives of others or would it just be done? And, and if it's a superstar leader, it's over. You know, I mean, what you gave, you gave, nobody else can do what you do. Your season is done. But if you're a disciple making leader, you're investing intentionally in the lives of others. And now they are carrying the torch. That's right. And that is a disciple making leader's works on that. They're fixated on that. They're constantly filling their pipeline with leaders. They're training and developing not only as leaders, but as followers of Jesus. And, and they're aggregating these people around them that can multiply the work of the church. And that's really the last thing is they intentionally invest in others uh, who will multiply the movement. A dynamic, a disciple making leader is going to always have people around them that they're developing. And, you know, you do a good job of this. You're always investing in others and there are people on our staff that you took as lay people and developed them and, and now they're multiplying. And that's what a disciple making leader does. And that's what we really, really need. You know, it's interesting. The, the, the man that really vested a lot in you and invested a lot in me. Yeah. Used to always say this to me, um, 
and I'm sure he said it to you mm-hmm. a lot as well, but he was always saying, Glenn, your, your focus should never be just on making disciples. Yeah. I mean, Jerry says this all the time. Yeah. You should be vested in making disciple makers. Yeah. In fact, he said, if I, if I could do 12 of those in my lifetime. Yeah. Then he said, "I would, I would be very successful." And you remember, we were thinking, "Gosh, you're shooting pretty low." Though. You're Only way 12, 12. low. That's right. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Dream big, right? Go big or go home. But you know, I mean, I think about the wisdom of 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 him and his life and and how he poured into us uh, a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think about that often. Is I don't want to just make disciples. I, I want to, Lord, I want to be about the business of making disciple makers yeah. who will who will change the world because they're they're bought into this idea and know how to, not only bought into it, but then they know how to and are out doing it. They're out doing the very same thing and they're replicating their lives in the lives of others. And if 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 God were to only give me 12, but I knew those 12, then their 12 and those 12 were to carry on for a lifetime, I I I would go in in great peace, yeah, no doubt, uh, to heaven, knowing that God's doing a, a a kingdom movement thing in the lives of others. You know, Glenn, I I think about a very secular example of this it is like coaching, right? You have some really great coaches, yep, but then you have other coaches that have a coaching tree, yeah. And they raise up other coaches right. that raise up other coaches. And we celebrate that coach that that has this coaching tree, right? In fact, they'll even ask, well, what where are you in the coaching tree of so and so? You know, and and there there's some value in that, but yet we have church leaders that don't understand that. Yeah. And you know what is interesting is that some of those coaches that have these massive coaching trees are at some very small yeah, <laughs> you know they're not at their you know these top huge massive schools, right? But they they're just doing their job, and they're you know they're loving on their kids and pouring their life into and raising them up, helping them to be good men and women. But then they're also raising up these coaches who go on to bigger yeah. and better programs, right? Ah, that's but, right. But they're content with just doing what they're doing because they they've they understand the the value mm-hmm. of what it brings and and the change that it brings and i think that's got to be pretty satisfying oh it has to be and when they die you know their influence still carries on Absolutely. you know through these other coaches and the, those that they coach and on and on and on and and that's what it is with the disciple making leader they're so focused on investing in others spiritually and in leadership that they raise them up and they get great joy and satisfaction right in seeing their their wins mm. and their accomplishments not just their own mm. and that is a big pivot point and i'm telling you Glenn you and i both know this that they're they're not a whole lot of those guys those disciple making we need more disciple making leaders not just relying on the next superstar to come into our ministry so how would you come so you know we've talked a lot about the superstar and that that's not this this really the model that we should be emulating we've talked about what a disciple making leader is we kind of defined it so let's contrast between maybe like a superstar and a disciple making leader kind of 
kind of pair, compare and contrast a little bit for me here. Let's yeah, play this sure. back and forth. So like a superstar really longs to be known. They'd really like the credit. They want people to pat them on the back. They want, they want the attention. A disciple-making leader really just wants to be faithful. They're not really that motivated by the attention that they get. And they may get some attention, but but that's not the driving force. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, another one is a superstar really focuses on the results of their ministry, mm-hmm. but the disciple-making leader is really focused on the relationships that they've developed and, and the people that they're cultivating and developing in their ministry. Uh, superstar gets real joy in their own accomplishments, but the disciple-making leader really finds joy in the accomplishments of those that they've invested in. They're just so happy and proud you know, of the people that they've invested in that are going on to do great things. You know, The superstar wants to be served. The disciple-making leader wants to serve others. The superstar is, it's my ministry. Mm. Very focused on what, what my deal is and how my ministry is going. The disciple-making leader is all about our ministry and how we're doing this together and and how am I benefiting everyone around me? Um, and, and one more, you know, superstar, as we said earlier, you know, your impact, their impact really dies with them, you know, uh, but the disciple-making leader, their impact lives on in those that they've discipled and invested. So I think when you... Uh, when you look at these two, you begin to sniff out, you know, and this is a superstar mentality or this is a disciple-making leader mentality. And they're very two different kind of philosophies of ministry. Yep, absolutely. And I, I, you know, I look at, again, let's go back to Jesus. And as I look at him and I kind of watch, (coughs) excuse me, as I kind of watch his life play out, you know, Jesus was anything anything but a, a you know superstar and, and he should be right I, and he should be in right? fact the musical says jesus christ superstar right and he, yeah and he was always trying <laughs> if anybody was going to be a yeah. superstar and as said. his and as his fame was even beginning his popularity was building he was often trying to move away from that right right yeah um but again we because of the fascinations of the crowd you know hey we want to try to whip all this in and and I think even the disciples were like, hey, you know, we've, we've hit the jackpot. No right? doubt. <laughs> but Jesus was always, you know, kind of re-reminding them, yeah. that's not, yeah, that's not what all. I've come. That's not why, why we're here. And that's not at all what I'm trying to do. Yeah. And, um, and, 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 and I, I think about, you know, Paul, I mean, a guy falls out of a window yeah. while Paul's teaching. I'm wondering how great a teacher he must have been. That, that gives me some comfort, right? right? I mean, if people fall asleep, right? you know, at least they're not falling out of the window. And I, and I wonder, you know, what dynamic, you know, preaching abilities did he have? Um, you know, it was probably a great expositor, but, it, you know, I, I don't know. I, I know we're kind of playing around, but I, they don't seem like the most, like what I, I think, we sometimes maybe fashion them in our mind as these right. super charismatic. And I'm not saying Jesus didn't have charisma or that Paul maybe didn't have a little charisma, but I, they're, they, I, I don't know if they would be what we were necessarily looking for just in the way they, 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 they lived their lives, yes. uh, the way they went about their normal everyday business or how they promoted themselves. I mean, I, I just, I, I see it very differently than that but they went about and were very focused on on a mission yes 
and and really about you know the as we talked about that definition of a disciple making leader that was who they were mm-hmm. to 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 a to perfection and even when like you said when the crowds were pursuing them you see Jesus moving away from them you see Jesus evading that not trusting them mm-hmm. you know here we are that we're recording this just before Palm Sunday, and I think about all the people celebrating Jesus when he's coming down the Mount of Olives, celebrating him, Hosanna, and yet he's not entrusting himself to them. He's not going, yeah, this is, it's all about me. He's so focused on sacrifice. He's so focused on the men that he's discipled and invested in. Even those last week, and then that last week, he spends an inordinate amount of time investing in his disciples, training them, preparing them. And he goes on to say in John 15, 8, you know, by this, my father's glorified that you bear much fruit and prove to be my disciples. He was focused on the multiplication through his disciples. And so to, to be pursuing the celebrity is not, not to follow Jesus. Right. Now you may you may gain some celebrity. People may think you're amazing or a great preacher, or whatever. But but the the disciple making leader is not really buying into that. Mm. You know they're they're thankful. You know, but they're not they're not, that's not what's driving them. Mm. Their driving focus is walking with Jesus and then investing in others to multiply. And uh, if that's on Jesus' mind, that should be on our mind. Yeah, I, I think of it in three words. They they you know they're focused on this idea of of living as a disciple maker. You know, really leading out a disciple-making ministry, one yeah. that reflects what Jesus was doing, right? And then the idea of leveraging their influence in such a way to ignite movements of multiplication. Yes. Um, okay, so let me ask you one little last question here as we're kind of putting some time this all together. Why do you think uh, disciple-making leaders are needed today? I mean, if you could, you know, kind of pull it all together. We've been talking about it. We've been talking about superstar versus a disciple-making leader. We defined a disciple-making leader. If you could drill it down with me, Craig, in just a real simple but very you know profound way like you're really good at doing. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, what, uh, why do we need disciple making leaders yeah that's so important that, that question is so important and I'll give you th- uh, three statements one is our times demand it you know Glenn we're living in very divisive culture a very we're, we're definitely in a post Christendom culture in our in our country you know the pandemic really exposed a lot of the lack of health in our churches I remember I was in a think tank in Chicago um just before the pandemic, and they had us do this exercise of, you know, what would it be like if the church lost their tax-exempt status and, and you know, government really cracked down on churches? How would we survive? And we were sent out to brainstorm what to do. And I, I, I have to be honest with you. I was like, this is so lame. You know, this exercise is so lame because, you know, this isn't really going to happen. happen. That's never going to happen, right. you know? And then, of course, the pandemic hits. Everything gets shut down, and it's a new day. And what we, I remember back to what we put on that butcher paper when we were brainstorming what we would do. We said we would have to disciple enough leaders that they would know how to multiply themselves without us having to tell them how to do it. 
We would have to have an underground movement that is not dependent on facilities or programs or personalities, but on these leaders that have trained up to multiply themselves. That's the only way that would work. And I remember thinking when the pandemic hit, we are woefully unprepared for that. The the celebrity cannot prepare you for that. So moving forward, as our culture goes the way it's going, the only way we're going to be able to multiply leaders and be able to to do what we need to do in advancing the kingdom is through multiplying disciple-making leaders. That's why we need our times really demand it. This is the future of ministry. The future is not going to be the celebrity. The future is going to be this unseen, uh, you know, multiplying leaders that are undercover making this happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another reason why is that the gospel really requires it, you know, that uh, for us to go to the nations, to make disciples among the nations requires multiple leaders and leaders that are able to multiply themselves. And um, we're not really creating that, you know, in our churches. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, and this is probably very simple, Jesus commanded it. You know, right. <laughs> let's get back to the Great Commission. Let's go back to right. standing on Mount Arbel and, and and giving that Great Commission to make disciples of all nations. To do that requires us to raise up leaders that can multiply disciple makers. Mm. And, uh, and unless we focus on this, it, we will not get to it. Mm. And, and, the, and the gospel will be restricted because we were unfaithful to do that very thing Jesus commanded us to do. You know, makes me think about the illustration that you and I use very frequently at a lot of our trainings. You you bring in an apple. Yeah, that's right. right? And you have this apple and it's crisp and it's red and it's oh, got yeah. water dripping down. I mean, <laughs> it looks so good, right? I mean, it's tasty. But then you ask a question. What's the question that you ask? Yeah, I always ask them, how many apples am I holding in my hand? And what's the typical response? Yeah, most of the time you go, one, duh, you know, right, 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 whatever. They'll roll their eyes. And then I'll just not respond and there'll be a little hush. And then you'll hear this, oh, wait a minute. Well, you're, you're, there are seeds in that apple, right? right? And if you plant those seeds and you become multiple apple trees and, and then somebody will usually at the back of the room say an infinity number of apples. Right. And that's really true. It, this this apple represents the potential in every one of us as leaders, right? We can consume the apple, and and it can be good, and we can just live our life for ourselves, right? And and let our ministry be about us and what we get from it, and we can kind of consume it as a way that we have identity in ourselves, and then it's over, right? Or we can take those seeds of the gospel and we can plant them in disciples and we can encourage them to do the same thing. And we can have an orchard of apple trees that are constantly producing more and more and more leaders that will scatter all across our country, all around the world. That This is what Jesus has called us to do. This is the ministry. Mm-hmm. And this is the potential, latent potential in every leader and every disciple-making leader. Yeah, I love that. So, you know this this uh, this first session our, our, of our of our podcast really was all about just setting up this idea that there has to be a change in the church. The church has unfortunately maybe focused on this idea or this common thought of, hey, we've got to raise up these really killer 
charismatic, over-the-top, high-octane superstar leaders and really isn't what we, we see uh, as the model that Jesus was really going after. And so we've, we've talked a little bit about what a disciple-making leader looks like. We've defined that. And so in our next several sessions, uh, in our next several podcasts, we're going to really get down to the brass tacks, kind of down into the, really into some of the practical ways this really begins to play out. Uh, and so, you know, again, we just want to tell you um, how grateful we are. We hope this podcast has been super helpful and uh, remind you that we, uh, we we do have a book. It's on our website. It's called The Disciple Making Leader. We encourage you to to go on and, and uh, to, you know, to maybe purchase that book because we, we think that it really is a helpful tool, a helpful resource that will help you begin to think about uh, how do we really develop disciple making leaders in our church ministry setting. So Craig, thank you for your time today. It was great being with yeah, you. Brother. Don't say anything about the Cubs. Go Rangers. <laughs> hey man, so, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so, going to be great. It's going to be a great season. And hey, thank you, Glenn, for, for this. Uh, man, what a joy to do this with you. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll talk soon, my friend. Thank you for listening to the Disciple Making Leader podcast brought to you by Disciple First. We hope today's episode has been both helpful and challenging in your journey to becoming a disciple making leader. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button to make sure you hear the next episode. And if you have a moment, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. Until next time, keep making Jesus the model for your life and ministry.